Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. The greatest intercontinental champion of all time is back, 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 back. On the air, on the air, on the air, on the air. You're listening to the Honky Talk Man, Shake, Rattle, and Roll. You're listening to the show that Hulk Hogan tweeted he doesn't want you to hear. Shake, rattle, and roll, brother. For the last five years, you've been calling me saggy ass. And I've had enough of it. Do you understand? I'm the nature boy, Ric Flair. I'll give you respect, but you give me respect, you son of a bitch. Joined, as always, by the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time, HGM. It's good to have you back on the air. Good to be back, man. I'm telling you, I've missed all the fans. I've missed Steve Wilson over in the United Kingdom. Every time you come to the States, Steve, I'm always doing something else somewhere, and I miss you. Uh, Hopefully, gosh, now that this WrestleMania is coming to town, and you're coming to town with the Ultimate Warriors in New Jersey, uh, Honky Talk Man's not going to be there, Steve. I'm sorry. I'm going somewhere else. But I'm glad to be back on Shake, Rattle, and Roll. We have, what a big show tonight. 
Absolutely, and and tell all the fans what you've been up to and where you've been. Oh gosh, I, you know I had one of my best years I think I've ever had uh, in the, the independent wrestling scene and uh, the comic cons, the comic book conventions. This past year was probably the best of the 15, 18 years I've been doing independent wrestling, and uh, things haven't slowed down at all. Uh, I have next week uh, I have the uh, uh, Galaxy Fest, which is a sci-fi thing in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Then I've got the Insane Clown Posse uh, eye pay-per-view for the uh, Juggalo Championship Wrestling. I mean, all the Juggalos out there, they know what I'm talking about, and they're going to be tuned in. If not, they're going to be with us over there when the, when the Honky Tonk Man rolls into Detroit, hide the women and children. And, of course, I've got other things cooking that uh, – uh, the fans will know they've all you. I mean, you, where can you find you find me now, Steve? You got me everywhere blog talk, Twitter, honkytalkman.net, uh, Facebook. Gosh, the list goes on and on. Yeah, and uh, I need to remind the fans as well if you want to call in live and speak to HGM or ask a question or share a point of view, you can call us on 805 727 7113 or tweet us at official And I also heard a rumor, champ, that uh, you were doing a movie. Uh, you know, I finished one this past year. It's it's in post production, and we have another one. I have another one on the on the books for sometime in April. It's a, a luchador wrestling type thing, and I'm supposed to be the sheriff, I, I suppose, in this thing. And uh, it's going to be pretty good. And we're going to start filming that sometime in April. So uh, I'm branching out now and trying to get away from just wrestling itself because uh, for some reason. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I had one of these birthdays that came along, and I don't want to say anything. It's Jim Ross told me, he said, why don't you go spend that when he wished me a happy birthday. But uh, I wrote him back. I said, you can't spend these birthdays anymore. We used to could keep them secret. But I, I don't mean I'm like a, I'm like one of the ladies. I keep that quiet. <laughs> well, you certainly have plenty of tweets from uh, all the fans all over the world who are wishing you a happy birthday, which is really cool to see. I'm glad too. You know, I'm, I'm glad the fans are, for the recognition and, and the, what they give me nowadays, and and uh, it's it's important. It's it's very important. And you know, the WWE is uh, they do a wonderful job with their fan access stuff nowadays. With all the, it, just here in Phoenix, even though they didn't invite me down, uh, my son w- was able to uh, go there. They got him some uh, uh, tickets. Uh, and he went and carried his friend, and, and they had a great time and uh, enjoyed all the festivities. Yeah, he had great seats. I actually saw him live on the air. He was he was right behind um, Michael Cole and Jerry Lawler. Yeah, uh, my wife said, well, did you introduce yourself to the king? I asked my son that. and they, I said, you can't introduce yourself to someone at those shows. It's not like you can reach – I mean, you can reach out and – and almost touched them, but I, I'm sure if if he would have said, "Hey, King, you know, I'm Honky Tonk Man's son," uh, I don't know if the King would have been able to uh, finish the show that night. <laughs> and it was, uh, you know, it, uh, it was a huge, huge show with the uh, Rock winning the WWE Championship after ten years. It was, uh, it was, it was a big, big show. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about all that in just a second. And uh, in fact, I, I, as you were telling the the fans that the eight oh five. Seven two seven seven one one three eight zero five seven two seven seven one one three. We're going to take a lot of the uh, phone calls tonight, and uh, uh, anyone that wants to tweet or or 
message board us. We're going to get to that. But I had, as we were speaking, I Facebooked uh, the fabulous Rob Feinstein to say, are, are you calling in? And he said, what's the number? What's the number? So uh, I, we look for Rob to be calling in in a few minutes. He has so many new projects out there right now. And he's so lucky, that son of a gun. And we'll get into that because for some reason he's like grabs people right away, gets them on these uh, – and, you know, I set the standards for these shoot DVDs, uh, the Rob, the RF video shoot DVD. I, I'm, I have to toot my own horn now, and I'm going to brag when I when I think I deserve it. And uh, I set the standard by which all other wrestlers go by when it comes to those shoot DVDs. And I, and I was telling some fans the other day, Steve, I get a lot. I, I did get a lot, and I picked up a lot of friction and heat from other wrestlers and said, man, you shouldn't be doing these shoot interviews. You shouldn't be saying these things. You shouldn't save and talk about inside information. And lo and behold, now after 10 years have gone by, everyone who has left the company, whether it be WWE or other companies, they have gone out now with Rob Feinstein and, of course, with Kayfabe Commentaries, and they've all done these shoot DVDs, these shoot interviews, and not one of them have – They've, they've, none of them have called me, texted me, or emailed me and said, Hey, HTM, thank you so much for giving us this, opening this door of opportunity for us to go in, sit down for an hour, make a good payday, talk about stuff that's on our mind, and then go back and do it two, three, four more times. No one has said a word, Steve. And you certainly have uh, the best shoots as well. The, um, on the road with the honky tonk man that was produced by Rob's RF video is my absolute favorite. Yeah, that's a good one, and I did several more. So like I said, I did the the, the kayfabe commentaries also with Sean and those guys, the other company that they they take a little bit of a different twist on it. But as I do the and uh, travel around uh, this this great planet of ours, the fans always say, "Man, uh, that shoot interview, this one was great, or that one. When are you going to do another one?" And and I and I want to just I want to tell some of the wrestlers sometime, you know, like uh, whether it be Road Dog and Billy Gunn and say, you guys are so fortunate. I mean, you wouldn't even talk to me at one point in your career because and then you get away from WWE and you do this shoot DVD and this shoot video and talk about Triple H and all these nasty things. And now they're both with the company. <laughs> and I think people, you know, the I think the thing with, with shoots as well is people take them sometimes too seriously. I mean, I always found yours very entertaining. And as as I said to you privately before, when I went to WrestleMania last year and met John Laurinaitis, he gave me a big grin and he said, uh, HGM's HGM. I mean, I don't think anyone's got a problem with it. Well, and I, I see now that Kevin Nash has done one of these timelines or kayfabe commentaries. And, and Kevin made a remark uh the other day, uh, someone had said something uh, about something he had said on there about someone, and he said, "Look, if you take this stuff that seriously, you're you're in the wrong profession." So, but that's the thing about it. You can't. I mean, you have to have a tough skin, and and uh, gosh, you get to people like Hogan, brother. He, hey, brother, brother, brother. You gotta have. You really have to have a tough skin because <laughs> this guy is going through all kind of stuff. And, okay, but, uh, we got. Um... Tons of tons of people queuing up, champ. If you want to jump okay. straight into the phone line, um, okay. Nine one seven six eight four. You're on the line with HDM. How you guys Hello. doing? Good. Yes. I have yes. a couple questions for Honky. 
I'm listening. Hey, how you doing? I'm hanging and banging, brother. <laughs> All right. Um, when are we going to see you in, in, in the Hall of Fame? You deserve it, man. You really deserve uh, it. Well, <laughs> thank you so much. But, you know, it's not what you deserve, uh, uh, obviously, and we're going to get to that later on tonight. It's what you negotiate, I suppose, with the Hall of Fame. So uh, I mentioned something about, yes, Pete Rose should be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. And, and, uh, and, and uh, you know, there's a lot of people that should be in the Wrestling Hall of Fame that, that they, they're not in there. And uh, there's people that, that are there that we all, some of us, think should not be there. But uh, we're going to talk about that. And uh, I had my chance. I, I probably blew it. And if I did, I did. If I didn't, then I didn't. I don't care. Uh, yeah, and uh, thanks for your uh, call. Um, thanks for your question, caller. God, getting tongue-tied here. I don't think you've blown it at all. I, I always think you have a place in the Hall of Fame. I just think it, you know, the time needs to be right for you to be inducted. Yeah, it's it's very important. The timing has to be done in in the right way. And uh, Bob Backlund going in the Hall of Fame, a, a great guy. I was around him just a few times in my career. A uh, first-class gentleman. And and uh, I read an interview with him the other day where he mentioned. Uh, you know, he buried the hatchet with a lot of things that had happened in the past with WWE and, and him, and uh, he was able to go forward now, and the time was right. The timing was right for him to go in, and that's what's important. The question, and I have it on my notes here, Hall of Fame, Bruno, Backlund, Foley, uh, Trish Stratus, of course, was uh, just uh, uh, announced that she's going in. I never was around her, but she was a fabulous talent. Anyway, all those girls that came out of Toronto, uh, from that Toronto wrestling scene up there many years ago, fa fabulous, great talents. And uh, I'm just I'm looking at a picture of Beth Phoenix on Feinstein's uh, Facebook, and uh, uh, it reminds me of how great all those girls that came out of that uh, Toronto area were. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Trish was definitely one of the best, if not the greatest, in-ring female worker ever. She's she's phenomenal. I mean, she she she, she could still go today. Yeah, and uh, it looks like uh, will there be a DX in the Hall of Fame? Uh, who knows? M maybe not this year. May maybe I don't know. Uh, it's hard to say. But I, I noticed that uh, DX, uh, two of the members, Road Dog, we just mentioned them, and and uh, Billy Gunn, are uh, they have some road shows booked for WWE now, and to to make some of the SmackDown and Raw road shows out there. So that's interesting, and it's it's always good to see some of the guys get some. It's a little extra work on the side. I'm not sure as a fan, though, if, um, you know, I'd, I'd prefer people to go in on their own merit rather than see people go in as a faction because then you end up people going in like two, three, four times and, you know, it doesn't doesn't mean as much long term. Uh, no, and that's the thing, too. And that's what, what that's been, uh, in fact, we, you, you led me right into this article where this fella from Kansas or somewhere, he did a, a story about what he thought should be changes in the Hall of Fame. And that was one of the things that, that he mentioned was, you know, people going in multiple times is, come on. I mean, you can't, I mean, you can be a 10-time pro bowler in, in football or, or something and, uh, you know, a four-time Cy Young award winner in baseball and all these things. But you can only really go, you should only really go into the Hall of Fame, no matter which Hall of Fame it is, only the one time. Well, he was part of the Horseman and, Okay, so every time a new horseman gets inducted, I guess every other horseman gets back in the Hall of Fame again. Woo! <laughs> Gosh! Oh, that's, in fact, let me let me mention that intro you had. Where did you find 
You had Flair music on there. You had some Elvis going, and then, of course, Flair's really upset with me uh, still. Uh, it's too bad, though, but, uh, you know, obviously he's been putting on the figure four too much because he had a blood clot in his leg in the Japan, and they, they advised him not to fly home, and he did, and this weekend I guess he's doing autograph signing with Mike Tyson up in uh, Atlanta, uh, uh, not Atlantic City, but Las Vegas. But you know, I wish I wish Flair the best, and he better think really, really hard about this blood clot in a leg because this is something that uh, you know it's a warning. These blood clots that uh, you have down in your lower extremities, for anyone in the medical field out there, uh, these things can be very severe and just sneak up on you, uh, a lot like you know the Lawler heart attack and. I got a lot of heat about a few things on the Lawler heart attack, but which brings me to the old timers getting back in the ring and with the, the Lawler thing that happened to him. Us guys that's probably past 40, 45 years old, you can forget about us ever getting back in the ring uh, in WWE because uh, they don't want to take that risk of liability. I don't think you necessarily have to either. I mean, there's definitely a way that they could bring guys like you back and you could be involved, even if it's just, you know, hitting somebody with the guitar. And because, you know, you've already earned your merits with the fans and they already know your history, you know, and, and really more than anything, they just want to see you back. Yeah, there's so many other things that can be done. And, uh, you know, the little segment that Flair had with The Miz uh, it was a neat little segment and uh, that worked out okay. But, uh, uh, like I said, for us to be back and get back and be physically involved now uh, after the, the Lawler stuff is pretty much uh, not going to ever happen again. It's too, it's too bad, but, I mean, it was bound to happen. It could happen to anyone at any time. It doesn't uh, – that's, that's not something to say, well, you can't use these guys anymore. That was one of the um, questions we had from Facebook, actually, when you inducted – Coco Beware, um, did you write the speech yourself, or did you uh, do WWE trying to, try and assist you to write it? Uh, no, it was all mine. I, I had the, my notes, and of course I had to run the notes by them and let them look at them before, uh, and so they approved everything. It looked okay, and they uh, gave me the go-ahead to go out and do it my way, and I did it my way. <laughs> do you know what I absolutely but, loved about that is that everyone was in a suit, and then you come out in this uh, black and sequin <laughs> H yeah, that was, that was it was amazing. That was a neat little twist, and uh, <laughs> you know, at the end at the end of that show, they said everyone go out now and stand, and you you presenters, you stand beside the person that you presented. Well, I was looking to go out with Coco, and all of a sudden he was well on the other end of the stage, so it looked as if I was in the Hall of Fame. I was in, got inducted, so uh, I got the rub off the whole thing for free. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, uh, we have we have a lot. Let me just tease the fans really fast because uh, it's it's uh, this is what we call a tease. Uh, we're going to talk about Sunny, who is uh, we don't know at this moment if she's out of jail, if she made her bond. Uh, we'll talk about the honky tonk man doing wedding parties. At that, you know that I am an ordained minister. Uh, I want to talk about this nonsense of so-and-so was seen at a hotel where the Royal Rumble was, and I mean, it's like real nonsense. I want to talk about the Brock Lesnar deal, the Hogan sex tape. How can you not talk about Hogan sex tape? Uh, we're, I, 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 there, I, there's something I really want to get off my chest because – uh, there was a wrestler who said he had to get something off of his chest. I'm going to get it off of mine. We're going to talk about a wrestler, and we're not going to name his name, but he's begging for money on the Internet. And uh, 
unbelievable. We talk about superstar Billy Graham. And, and if any of the fans out there know anything, and I love the Armstrong family to death, Bob, uh, uh, Brad, of course, passed away, and Steve, and and uh, Brian, who is Road Dog, and, 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 and his brother that's the referee there. What really happened to Brad Armstrong? Because it hasn't been mentioned at all. And, and oh, and uh, Ron Jeremy, he's in the news today. Undertaker. Uh, false advertising by promoters and my other friend Devin Nicholson, who's got the hepatitis C thing going uh, and the lawsuit with Abdullah the Butcher. And I'm going to let you cover TNA because I, for some reason, I just can't cover it. But uh, anyway, uh, let's take a break. You, you want to take a quick break? We'll come back, grab the phone lines. Hopefully, maybe Feinstein will be on. We can talk for a second. All right, champ. We'll be back live in a few minutes. Hawkster, this is Honky Tonk Man. Come on. Tell me about that fake hair you have. It looks all plastic. It's all yellow. It's not even the same color as that. Hey, brother. Hey, brother. That hair cost me 50 grand, brother. And guess what? I had to borrow money from Ric Flair. And woo! Woo! He didn't have the money, brother. I had to go to the pawn shop to get his Hall of Fame ring. Woo! Hey, Huckster. Huckster, what happened to your hair? It's all fake, brother. Brother, brother, brother. Welcome back to Shake Rotten and Roll fans. Uh, we have plenty of questions uh, for the chat room and some uh, people queuing up on the phone line. And do call in if you want to speak to HGM on 805-727-7113. Uh, Champ, do you know which area code Rob will be calling from? Uh, no, I'm not sure. It's a Pennsylvania, Philadelphia area of Pennsylvania, and I, I, I don't know. I don't. I would have to try to dig it up on my phone. I don't have time. Maybe a nine something starts with a nine. I'm not sure. Okay, uh, if we go straight to the phone line, um, 502-291, you're on the line with HGM. Yep, yep, real Hello. quick, I'll touch on one of the last call. You hear me now? Yes. Hello? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, real quick, hear you. the last caller said, the last caller mentioned the Hall of Fame. Anybody that holds any belt for 64 weeks straight, he deserves his own, his own the whole, not the Hall of Fame, but he gets his own freaking wall up in that mother. But anyways, <laughs> my question is the 502 area code. I'm a, I'm I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky, so I was every Saturday morning I listened to Lance Russell, and I wanted to ask about the concession stand brawl, how it came about, was it planned, and what was the reaction afterwards? Did you guys know what it was and what had just happened? Uh, that's a, that's a really good question. I'm glad you were a fan going way back then. So now you're telling us how old you are, but uh, the, the concession stand, uh, brawl, it, it was not in, in actuality, it was not pre-planned so much in any way other than, 
Jerry Jarrett came in that night to Tupelo, Mississippi, and said, fellas, you know, uh, Robert Fuller and Ron Fuller and the Mongolian Stomper and Joe LaDuke and all these guys, they were they had left our territory, and we have nothing uh, going into TV tomorrow morning. This was a Friday night in Tupelo, and uh, this TV was Saturday morning, and they had nothing going into the Monday night show for the men- Monday in Memphis. And uh, he said, here's what I want. I want you guys to go out and do a two out of three fall, and the third fall, you guys uh, get the belts from Lawler and Dundee and then just tear the building up. And that's what we did, and they filmed it. And because they would film usually on uh, some segments uh, in Tupelo on Friday nights, a lot of times anyway, and show it on Saturday morning. And they were filming, and we caught all the action. And from there, we ne- no, we never dreamed it would do anything like it did. We never dreamed we would be sitting here. And in fact, we had Jerry Jarrett on our Shake Rattle and Roll show uh, one time last year, and we talked about this. None of us ever thought that this thing would do what it did, and still, to this day, be probably the number one, two, or three, the top five things that ever happened in pro wrestling. is That's one of them. And it, it kind of seems like those things that are unplanned and are the ones that really have taken off and, and make a big impact in the in the wrestling world. It, it really does, and... Uh, uh, that's why I don't like I don't like the way that the, the young fellas have to go and read scripts now and study for a script all day while they're there at the building and uh, it's I, I I can't do it that way I have to just tell me you know give me an outline uh, give me two key points and hey brother I can run with it brother. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Uh, just having a conversation with you is uh, really big for me, and I, I appreciate everything. Thank you so much. And they're doing a wonderful job up there in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, my friend Danny, Sergeant Danny Davis, who uh, came on board with us later after the concession stand brawl, and uh, uh, my friend Hustler Rip Rogers, who's up there. I hope old Hustler Rip Rogers is listening. Of course, Eugene's training there, and and uh, it's too bad that, uh, you know, that's a, that's a Louisville's a great wrestling town. It's too bad they don't have it there every every Tuesday night. Yep, and that was a great question. Thanks so much for your call. That's that's actually true about the um you know that the whole brawl. That is one of the best hardcore matches of all time. Yeah, it's uh, it was really something, uh, and I was very fortunate to be part of it. And uh, uh, yeah, it was a great piece of history. Eight oh five. Seven two seven seven one one three. Okay, we have a question from the chat room from um, Marcus Witt. Um, fill in the blank. The best thing going for WWE is yes. What do you think it is? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I thought I lost you there for a minute, Steve. I love this. I love live radio, and uh, I'm so glad to be back. Though I'm so excited. We 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 had planned. I want to apologize first to all the fans because we had planned a couple of shows. You ended up uh, relocating at, at one of the times. I was busy doing something. Uh, then you got busy. Then I was at the, had dental appointments. And uh, gosh, if you people have to deal with dental people, they're worse than used car salesmen. I mean, holy cow. Anyway, uh, but we're back on track now to do a few more of these shake, rattle, and roll. I like doing them at, right after the big pay-per-views. And back to your question, Steve, and it was... Oh, uh, the best thing going today in WWE is what? 
Okay, the best thing going in the WWE today, and in fact, I had something written down here, the talent roster with a question mark. Punk, Cena, Orton, Sheamus, Giant. Okay, now Punk's not the champion anymore. Uh, So I'll revert back now to the Royal Rumble. Restart of a match. Okay, Punk wins. Vince comes out, restarts the match. Now the Rock wins. Uh, I don't know. I mean, come on. Can we not have a finish here somewhere? Uh, Do we have to have Vince come out and restart the match, and now Vince is the the bad guy or the good guy or I, I mean, I guess he's a good guy because he screwed punk. Uh, and now rocks the big hero and Vince is the big hero until Lesnar drops Vince on his head, uh, on the Monday night raw show. And, and that was a big that, bump as well. He, he went flying down. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that only goes to show the boys in the locker room. Uh, if Vince can do it at his age, fellas, you better get your butts out there and do it also. And so then there again, and you have Cena uh, planting a seed that he's going into WrestleMania and take on, you know, the champ and whoever the champ's going to be. Uh, Sheamus, another guy that's come along very, very well. I sat and I watched uh, Big Paul White, the giant, and I don't know why they don't have big guys with big guys and not put him in there with some big guys. I've always said that on every show, and I'll say it again. He has no one to go out and wrestle with. I mean, no one. Uh, it's it's crazy. I, but he's done very well, you know, having matches against, you know, smaller guys and, let's say, lesser opponents probably. But he's done well. Uh, I don't want to get him in trouble, but once again – I'm always I'm going to stand by it. I still say Randy Orton's the best thing going right now. He has he has been, he will be, and he always will be. Randy Orton is the best piece of talent that's on that roster right now. And it's so sad when you have to bring back The Rock. You have to bring back put Jericho back on contract again. So, uh, you have to dip down and bring got bring Lesnar back. Uh, probably Triple H now will he'll resurface. Uh, will Undertaker come back? There's questions about him. You're having to use people who are not on the full-time roster. Uh, I'm sure some of the fellows sitting in the back are thinking, "Hey, what about me, man? What about me? Uh, maybe I should just take a year off and then come back and work a few shows and take another year off." And, uh, hey, I love a great deal, and obviously Lesnar and these guys have great deals. Uh, he's back signed again for another couple of years to come in and do a few pay-per-views and go back to the farm. I think part of it too, from, you know, my perspective, uh, you know, I've been a wrestling fan for 20 years is, and I don't mean it with any disrespect, but I, I don't necessarily follow, you know, the John Cena kind of stuff and, and the new generation they have going on. But when they do bring back Brock and Brett and you or Hogan or anyone else, you know, I, my, my interest is tweaked and I'm straight there. So maybe it's kind of doing something for everybody. I, I don't know. I don't, I, I really, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's, a, it's a, obviously it's a short term thing, but with, with Lesnar, it's only for the pay-per-view type stuff. They feel like obviously he's their, he's their ticket to the pay-per-views and obviously rock is the, the ticket. Uh, and that's where the big money's made. It's not made on a weekly basis on TV, or it's not made every day in the house show somewhere around the country. Uh, so their marketing strategy of having 
these megastars come back and make them megastars is what they've done just for uh, three, four, five shows a year. Then uh, if it works for them as a company, uh, everyone's going to uh, – their paychecks are – all the guys working there will be happy. Absolutely. Um, next question we have from uh, the Home Talk Man Twitter page, which is at official HGM if you want to follow. Um, this fan says if he's never been to WrestleMania, and uh, would you recommend that he go? Oh, of course. I th- it's, a, it's the biggest thing in, in, uh, once a year in the history of our wrestling business, and, and every year they set uh, the standards higher and higher. And In fact, uh, uh, I think if, if, if they do it, if, they, if it goes through like they have planned, they're going to eventually break the indoor uh, attendance record that uh, Hogan and Andre, I say Hogan and Andre, we, we I was there and several more guys. We were just small part players in that, but Hogan and Andre with the 94,000 people in Detroit at WrestleMania three, uh, I really think uh, WWE will, if they go into the Texas stadium in Dallas and seats over a hundred thousand, I think they will fill it up. I really do. And it's, uh, you know, when I went to WrestleMania last year, uh, I'd never been to uh, you know anything that big before wrestling-wise because all of the obviously the UK events don't have arenas that size, and it was incredible that there really isn't anything like it. And you know they definitely put on a show better than anyone else. And um, you know I don't ever think um, without disrespect to TNA, well you know with disrespect to TNA, they'll never be able to put on a show like WrestleMania. It's just obvious. Uh, I know they won't, and uh, it's. Uh... I, I we'll we'll get into the TNA. We, I mean, I don't know if we'll have enough time tonight to even talk about it, but uh, we can spend hours on hours on end about how I don't know. If, well, I, I'll, I'll get into that in just a second. You know, I posted the other day about I can do weddings, I'll do parties with people, uh, kids kids invited or no kids. Uh, I get requests for these things all the time, and when people looked on Wikipedia and they found out I was a uh, an ordained minister with a universal life church, and I have been since 2006. It's not something I go around and I brag about or I do anything. And, you know, I, I, I try to live my life as the way that – and what – you know, live it the way I really want to. And and uh, But if the guys want to – a guy and a girl wants to get married or somebody wants to renew their wedding vows, uh, heck – uh, I'm at a point in my career where, hey, bro, hey, brother, I'll do anything, brother. You know, <laughs> but uh, and, and and you know, if you want to get in touch with a honky tonk man, I'm very easy to find. It's they can find me on the website, they can find me on the Facebook, uh, htm uh, at honkytonkman.net. Uh, send out an email to you know. We're not going to answer questions openly about uh, you know fees and things like that because every situation there's a different price. I mean, everything is different. I mean, am I going to be there one day, two days? And uh, if it's going to be a wild bachelor party and, you know, things get out of hand, I might have to have somebody like Steve with me, you know, my personal assistant. <laughs> but, uh, but, but you know, I, I do I, I do all sorts of stuff that some wrestlers won't do. I mean, I do the, uh, the, the uh, gentlemen's clubs and nude oil wrestling. I referee. I ring announce. I, I do – hey, what – I do whatever it takes. I mean, I love doing what I do. Well, I think a lot of it's your, your your personality as well. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that couldn't do it the way you do it. And even in the past where we've sold, um, you know, advertising in terms of promos and video promos, they've always come back and said, you know, you absolutely exceeded expectations and it was incredible. And, you know, I mean, because nobody cuts a promo like your your generation do, and that's just the way it is. 
Yeah, it was a little different, I suppose. And uh, I, I mentioned earlier about this, and I talked to you uh, last week, I think it was, Steve, when we had a conversation. This nonsense, I call it net, N-E-T, net, the internet nonsense. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, Chris Masters, Carlito, uh, Sheldon Benjamin, they were all seen at, in Phoenix last week. Are they going to be the surprise guest? Uh, Papa Shango was seen getting coffee at Starbucks. Is uh, the Godfather? Okay, come on, people, get with it. Here's, <laughs> let me tell you, here's some stars. Here's some stars that live in Phoenix, and you can see us here. And why they didn't say? Guess what? Val Venus is in Phoenix. Superstar Billy Graham, the Honky Tonk Man, Cowboy Knox, Mike Knox lives here. Jimmy Sucka's son. Sam Snooker. Bill Anderson was the ring announcer for all the shows for 10 years before there was uh, the ring announcers nowadays. He lives out here. Gosh, guess what? I just saw Honky Tonk Man at the Target store. I think he's in town for the Rumble. I mean, come on. Give me a break, people. It's true. The amount of emails I had about the Royal Rumble. I mean, it's, but then to be fair, I, I even asked you myself. But uh, because it, it, it circulates, then people expect it to happen. Yeah, and the surprises this year, you know, I don't know that Jericho was a big surprise. He hasn't been gone long enough to be a surprise or Goldust. You know, uh, he hasn't been gone long enough to be a big surprise in Godfather. He was just back to do something not so long ago. So th not big, big surprises like you would think, wow, this is really a surprise. So I wasn't taken away by any of the surprises. Yeah, and obviously, you know, if I was WWE, God bless his soul, I wouldn't bring back Superstar Billy Graham. <laughs> well, uh, that gets at that. Now you've led into the... But before we get into this Hall of Fame stuff and what the writer said and what Billy Graham's up to, uh, do we do we have a phone call there? Is it, did Feinstein ever call in, or is he too cheap to make a phone call? <laughs> well, we do have some callers on the line if we go uh, straight to the phone line. Um, 410-443, you're on the line with HGM. Hi, how are you? Hello. Hi there. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Uh, I got a couple questions real quick. Um, you were talking about the TNA. Um, I've been reading on the internet that TNA is now only doing like a couple pay-per-views every month now, and I was wondering is that a good thing or a bad thing for TNA? Uh, well, I'm glad you came up with that because I'm, I'm going to read. I, I want to read it, and I will. I will quote her, and I'll give. Uh, I took this off of uh, posted by Larry Zonka. Uh, on cutting back on pay-per-view, Dixie Carter recently spoke, she says, to cut down the pay-per-views was a difficult decision because you're giving away millions of dollars to both your top line as well as the profit line on the balance sheet. I don't know where she says she's giving away millions of dollars by cutting back the pay-per-views. Nobody watches them. They're not making any money. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a point I, I was going to raise too. You know, I mean, um, they go on the radio and TV when they come over here, and, and Hulk does a great job promoting everything. But it's really unfair to say the TNA, the number one company in the UK, because they're on a free channel. 
You know, if you, if you want to watch WWE, you have to pay for it. And it's always been that way. So it's not a fair comparison. And it, I, even if you go into kind of toy stores or video game stores or clothing stores, all you see is WWE. You don't see TNA stuff anywhere. And I, I just find, you know, if they want to grow and be seen as a kind of legitimate company, then they shouldn't talk crap. Well, to say that, you know, we have more television in the UK and that shows how competitive that we can be with more exposure. Uh, okay, they're competitive. Here's two of their attendances in the UK. 1,500 at one show, 1,800 at another. <laughs> the WWE, now don't, Steve, now you're laughing. Now don't laugh at this. Now I want to get uh, this. Uh, now WWE, 5,000 at one show, 7,000 at another. So you're telling me WWE is five, six, seven times better as far as drawing people in the United Kingdom than a company is that has we have more exposure in the United Kingdom. <laughs> well, maybe you should just move the show over there. No, please. <laughs> but is a fan are you still on the line? You had one more question. Um <laughs> I was wondering um, if you've been watching the uh, Jake the Snake where he's been on DDP's yoga. Do you think he's going to actually stay straight this time? <laughs> well, uh, you know, it's not for me to say because every time I say something like this, I get in a lot of trouble. There's fans out there that say I should be more positive about someone who's trying to change their life. Uh, I am very positive about people who are trying to change their life, except when they cut a DVD or a video on me saying that I did something wrong to them, but yet they didn't mention the, you know, I offered somebody something in a locker room and, oh, I'm such a bad person for doing that. But they didn't turn around and say, but five minutes later, I offered Tonky Talk Man something. He says, man, I don't take that stuff. Well, it's prescription. I don't care who prescribes it. I'm not going to take it. But I'm such a bad guy because I said, hey, you want a cold beer? <laughs> but anyway, is the yoga going to work? I don't know. Uh, I don't. I mean, I, that brings me to – I'm glad you brought that up. There's a wrestler out there, and we're not going to name any names, but he's on the Internet begging for money, begging for money, please. I need this. I need this operation. I need to have this donations to help me. I need this for my needs. That's how I put it. And then the fact uh, we were talking about Rob Feinstein, every time I get a chance to say, would you please donate to that wrestler for his needs? He needs it for his needs. <laughs> what are your needs? Uh, some of these Thank things, you, very much. you know, some of these things I, I, I get, it's like I said, I get in trouble about because they say, man, give the guy benefit of the doubt. Okay, I will. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. But just don't, don't, don't uh, like, uh, get into King Kong Bundy here. Don't be hoodwinking people. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay. And now, it's, uh, now, how, did, how did Bundy hoodwink everyone? Well, he said he was going in the Hall of Fame. He got everyone <laughs> believing it. Except it was a Hall of Fame that nobody really knows anything about. Yeah, Bundy hoodwinked everyone. I like that. So, I, I, look, I'm for anyone who's doing anything good for any for themselves or for anybody else, as long as they're not trying to uh, do a little dirty deal under the table. But you know, I mean, you know, and people always say, well, you, know, you shouldn't judge someone until you meet them in person. Well, you know, 
I met Jake and um, he was an ass. Absolutely, you know, I, I couldn't believe how, how terrible he was to the fans and terrible he was to everyone there. I mean, well, yeah, he did have you kicked out of one of the things where. <laughs> What did you do anyway? Let's don't worry about that. Uh, do we have any callers? Uh, yeah, we have a caller from Skype. Um, uh, username of uh, CatFunt2012. You're on the line with HGM. Hello, how are you doing? Okay, buddy. Hello? Yes. Can you, you can hear me, yeah? Yes. Okay, uh, my name's Simon. I'm from uh, Cardiff, Wales in the UK. Um, I just uh, got a quick question for you. What's the best British wrestler you've ever come up against, or at least worked with? Oh gosh, there were. I, now you're asking me a really hard question. You, you do want me to get in trouble, and you want guys like Tony St. Clair and Fit Finley and uh, yeah. Dave Taylor and uh, 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 Ernie Wright's uh, 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 brother, uh, uh, Steve Wright. You want them guys to all beat me up someday when I go back to the United Kingdom. But these, these I'm talking legends, but these guys were fabulous and. Uh, uh, you know, I've never had the pleasure to be in the ring with Steve Regal. I watch him. I've watched him over his career. Yeah, and uh, I, I would love, real man. I would, yes, I would just love to be in the ring and have one match with Steve Regal because I know it would be, uh, it would, uh, he could, he can do things. He would do things to me and with me that would make me look so much better than what I really am. <laughs> <laughs> But no, the Dynamite Kid was great. I had a lot of matches with Dynamite, Davy Boy Smith. Uh, gosh, John Foley from years ago, the, the old time, the original British Bulldog. Tony Charles, who came to America from the United Kingdom, who came from Wigan, uh, had great matches with Tony. I learned a lot. I learned so much from working with him. I learned the, the, the British, the European style, mostly mm -hmm. uh, from him. And uh, Yes, and you know, uh, there's... Gosh, there's so many guys. There's some guys over there right now that's that's really, really good boys. Uh, um, my my father went to an event in the UK and I uh, spoke to Greg the Hammer Valentine and he actually said oh. to my dad, he actually said to my dad, "You look like the honky tonk man." So, <laughs> <laughs> so if uh, you give a quick message to my dad Tony yeah, right I, now on air, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> well, I, I'm glad he. I, I would like to see him someday. So you'd have to Skype us over a photo. But we had a, we had a referee once in Calgary. His name was Cedric Hathaway, and he had the black hair and the sideburns. And 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 when I would, I remember watching Cedric Hathaway in the ring as a referee. And he did all the kind of stuff that Steve Regal would do: is look at the crowd and the way he would walk and everything. Yep. But uh, yeah, some of the British guys. Johnny Storms over there. Uh, he's a he's a great guy and. Uh, does you know? I hope he's still over there and very active. And uh, I, I know the first time I went over, I had these little wrestling masks, and I was like, "How much should I sell these for, Johnny?" And he said, "Uh, well, how much do you did?" I said, "Well, I've got ten ten pound on them." He says, "Oh man, put put twenty pound." I said, "That's like forty dollars in the states." He says, "Yeah, that's okay." And I did it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I had, um, thanks for your time. Anyway, just before I go, could you say a quick hello to my dad, Tony? And your dad's Tony, okay. To Hello, Tony. Uh, not Tony St. Clair, I hope. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Tony's a great guy. He lives in Germany now. I think he moved out of the United Kingdom. But hopefully someday I'll get up there and be with you, Welchman. <laughs> All right, thanks very much for your time. All the best. Oh, yeah. Let me you ask, let me ask you, who, who is the most famous Welchman in America? Oh, we got, at the moment, I think is that Mason Ryan from the WWE is, uh, is from a place called Porth Maddock in North Wales. Um, they bill him as from, Car you know, Cardiff, because 
who in who in America has ever heard of Porth Maddock? That's why they're doing that. Um, yeah, well, I'm I'm kind of an old school guy, so I think of Tom Jones. It's not unusual to be loved. <laughs> yeah, he, he was born about 20 miles from where I live. Not even that, maybe, you know. Not so close <laughs> I am to that place. Uh, Pontypris, he was born, so. <laughs> I always thought he looked great in a jumpsuit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the call. All right, no problem. All the best, pal. That's uh, absolutely true as well. Tom Jones is, uh, is a, a UK legend. Um, I don't really go to any of the kind of UK wrestling shows. I never have. I, I think once you've been to uh, WrestleMania, you kind of get seasoned to expect that kind of experience. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is different for some people when they go and they see the big show or or if they've been going to smaller independent shows and then they come out and and they see a WrestleMania or Raw or SmackDown, uh, they go back and I always tell the independent promoters, look, do not try, don't try to be like them, don't try to do anything that they do, don't play their music at your shows, don't make the, your fans at your little high school gym or at the bowling alley or at one of the little theaters in the United Kingdom, uh, even though the Rolling Stones, the Beatles, they all signed autographs downstairs in the dressing rooms, don't try to make your show look like WWE. And that's if anyone from TNA is listening, I would say, look, don't try to make your show like they, like the, the WWE. Be, be your own self. Yep, I, I agree completely. And if you're number one, you shouldn't have to say it. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, hey, go out and do create your own stuff and do it your way. Uh, it's too, it's it's too bad. Uh, I'm glad. You know, I never really personally. I never thought TNA would be around as long as they are, as long as they have been. They're, I mean, Dixie's tooting her horn. They're going on their eleventh uh, year now. Uh, and hey, if they've been around that long, it's only because Vince wants you around. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, the, I mean that you know this is one of the questions I was going to bring up to you about people, you know, and then they're still doing it, and we always shut them down. But people who false advertise you for uh, shows. Oh gosh, let's get into the false advertising. Uh, yeah, did have we did we ever find that silly Feinstein? He's going to pay me so much for me plugging him tonight. And, <laughs> and let me remind all the people: Juggalo Championship Wrestling with a Honky Tonk Man. February the 16th at St. Andrews Hall, Detroit, Michigan. Five o'clock, the doors open. Six o'clock is bell time. All ages are welcome. $10 tickets. The Honky Tonk Man will be there with Shaggy 2 Dope, and we're going to be doing, I'm going to do some commentary, and I'm going to wrestle. I don't know who. I don't know if it's going to be the, uh, who, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be Too Tough Tony, if it's going to be the Weed Man, I uh, I don't know. I don't care. I mean, I'm so I'm excited that uh, I got the phone call from uh, from the Juggalo people today and and close the deal on this and can't can't wait to get over there and and, and be part of that. And I'm telling you, if you've not seen or, or looked at some of their videos and some of their shows, it's it's really it, TNA should maybe take a look at what these guys do and say, you know, they've been around for like 15, 18 years. These uh, insane clown posse they obviously are doing something right but anyway we're going to have an eye it's an internet pay-per-view which does very well for them and tna maybe should consider doing an eye pay-per-view instead of having those 35 40 50 hundred thousand dollar pay-per-view 
set up and up links and down links and whatever kind of links they have. Yeah, and somebody said to me that they give away free tickets, so how are you going to make any money? Well, that's that's the thing, you know. It's uh, huh. I, I told you I wanted you to talk about TNA, but she says uh, they're going to run more house shows. Yeah, I guess with those 1,500, 1,600 people, 800, 300 in the States. So, yeah, let's run more house shows. Uh, but anyway, Dixie has a huge – now, this I mentioned earlier tonight for you people just joining us where we do a tease like – I'm going to tease you. I'm going to talk about The Undertaker in just a minute. I'm going to talk about guns and violence, Terry Funk. We're going to talk about the Hogan sex tape. That's called a tease. That means stay tuned because we're coming back. But Dixie teased. We, I'm going to make an announcement, and it's going to change everything for the company, for the talent, and for the fans. What kind of an announcement is she going to make on tomorrow night, Thursday night, are they closing down? Maybe Vince has bought TNA, or perhaps Sting is coming back for the fiftieth time. Uh, I, I don't, I, I didn't give you a chance to plug it, to get it uh, set, but I'm sure when she goes out and she makes this announcement, wouldn't it be nice if you heard "You're fired"? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's take a quick break. Get back to the phone lines and and uh, and, and talk about Terry Funk retiring. I love this one. Honky-Tonk Man, the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. And if you want to get in touch with the Honky-Tonk Man, remember, twitter.com slash official HTM. That's twitter.com slash official HTM. Or you can go to facebook.com slash Honky-Tonk Man official. Facebook.com slash Honky-Tonk Man official. Or for all the links of every way to get in touch with the Honky-Tonk Man, for all of your wants and needs, don't forget HonkyTalkMan.net. We got a new site going. We got new things going. We got it updated. You can find out all the news, all the views, everything that's going on. Welcome, Welcome back, back to Shake, Rattle, and Roll with Steve Wilton and the Honky Tonk Man. Call us live on 805-727-7113. 805-727-7113. Welcome back live to Shake, Rattle, and Roll. And uh, Champ, I, I do have a kind of mini surprise for you. Um, I have a piece of music and I want to play it for you and I want you to tell me if you remember it. Okay.
Did you remember it? Unbelievable. You know, I, I, <laughs> that's the first time I've heard that, and I could never remember it. And I, I, I've had my, my friend uh, uh, Mike Vasilio from the uh, Milwaukee Brewers, that's the uh, uh, part of their PR department and their media department over with the Milwaukee Brewers, the baseball team. He has asked me, and several other fans have asked me hundreds of times, what was the first theme song you had? The, 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 you know, hair slick back, coming to your town of Pink Cadillac. Th- that's not your first song. I said, I don't remember the first song. I don't remember it. And now, you that is the that is the very first theme song. It's pretty catchy, but I did I, I did not remember that song, and I could not remember it. Well, uh, I bought an, an old. Uh... WWF tape off of uh, eBay, and it had uh, loads of old theme tunes, you know, that, that they play in the arenas. And uh, lo and behold, there it was. No wonder the fans hated me. I mean, it's a catchy little tune. I wish <laughs> I was singing it myself. But uh, gosh, Dan, I, I, I it, what a song! I, I, I totally don't remember it at all. I mean, believe me, I and, and I wasn't doing any of those bad things that people say I did back then, but. Uh, I don't remember it, <laughs> but uh, it was my song, and that's it. Mike, if you're listening, we have a copy of it now for you because you wanted it. <laughs> and uh, for, for all the fans who are um, Facebooking me and Twittering me saying, no shit, can't believe it, we will play the full song uh, at the end of the show. <laughs> yeah, that'll be great. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, Ron, let me mention this real fast because it's breaking news uh, just out earlier today. Ron Jeremy, everyone knows Ron Jeremy porn star and uh uh was actually a, went to went to college was a physical education teacher like I was and uh, of course uh, uh, Ron went on to to do uh, uh much bigger things in uh his career than I've ever done uh but he's been hospitalized he drove himself to the hospital in LA today or or yesterday or last night suffering from uh chest pain so all the best to Ron Jeremy a big big wrestling fan was used in Paul Heyman's ECW several times, and uh, uh, a really, really a great guy, and uh, just, a, a, you know, loves our business and loves what we do. Yeah, and we've been getting a lot of questions about um, Superstar Buddy Graham, because a um, similar story was posted a couple of weeks ago that he also drove himself to the hospital with um, chest pains, and obviously we wish him well as well. Yes, and uh, from what I understand, I think Billy is out of the hospital now, and back at home, uh, and in fact, when I finish here tonight, I think I'm going to give him a call and and uh, just check up on him. I've sent out an email to him, but he didn't answer me. And, and I want to check on him not only just for his health and everything, but you know he wants out of the Hall of Fame. He wants his name stricken from the records. And which brings me to what we were talking about earlier is uh, about the, when the article. This fellow wrote, and it's a very good article, uh, Mr. Lutz, or Lutz, L-U-T-Z, I think it was. Uh, he talks about the changes that Hall of Fame, and uh, one of the one thing that struck me, and of course since I opted out at the one time I was asked, he said opting out, uh, taking the option of yes, I'll go in, or no, I don't want to go in, uh, he thinks that shouldn't be an option for someone. Uh, and I, that's the only part I really have to disagree with him on, and it's because and and so a lot of the fans won't uh, they don't understand this and and I'll try to explain it the best way I can. There's such a discrepancy 
in the amount of money that is paid to, uh, say, a honky-tonk man or Coco Beware or Superstar Billy Graham or there's such a uh, – or to any of several of the other people out there, there's such a, a, a separation between the pay scale. This – if it, I would say no. You can't opt out if the money is non-negotiable, but the money is negotiable. Because Drew Carey, of course, we don't know what he made. Uh, we know Hogan was upset because Sylvester Stallone made like ten times as much as Hogan made. Uh, and, and Stallone didn't go in the Hall of Fame. He just inducted Hogan for a three-minute speech. Uh, but there's – and you, you hear about these numbers like Mike Tyson was thirty, forty-five thousand dollars $45,000 to go into the Hall of Fame and, and – and, uh, you know, I, I hope Bruno. I hope Bruno, if he's listening, if he's thinking about doing it, hey, just say, look, I want the same kind of money everyone else is getting out there. If you're going to put William Shatner in the Hall of Fame and pay him a lot of money, then hey, put me in the Hall of. Either take the money out of it, or leave the option to opt out. Let us do what we want. Absolutely, and obviously, you know, there's something to be said where everyone makes their own deal. I mean, if if somebody accepts it and they not happy with what they received. They can't complain about anyone else. Right. You don't you, and, and when you go to the baseball, the football, the soccer Hall of Fames or any of these Hall of Fames, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you don't go there and say, "Hey, wait a minute. I'm Mick Jagger. I've got to have more money to be inducted into the Hall of Fame." Or, uh, you know, I I I'm uh, I'm Lisa Marie Presley, and if you're going to induct my father, he's got to be the the highest paid Hall of Famer. You know, you can't get into a bidding war when it comes to this. And and that's where uh, I think if they get the money out of it and say, look, everyone is getting this price, this is what we're doing. Everyone's going to get the same thing to be in our Hall of Fame, then I think you would see a whole different attitude toward it. Absolutely. And as, uh, you know, my only, you know, kind of gripe with, with Superstar is they, you know, they, they did do a lot for him when he, when he went back. He had, you know, merchandise and story and, and all kinds of things. It's a bit strange. After all of that, you know, and they reintroduced him to a whole new audience of fans. It's a bit weird to me why he'd be so negative towards them now. Yeah, I, I've got to. I want to. I'm going to. I'm going to talk to Billy about it. Uh, but anyway, uh, what what do we have on the phone lines right now? Because you know we've been away from the fans so long, and, and I want to touch back on this false advertising by promoters that you mentioned uh, earlier, Steve. I didn't get a chance to finish that. Okay, uh, if we go straight back to the phone line, um, 904-683, you're on the line with HGM. Hey, how you doing, punk rock Wayne Ferris? That's me, a long, long time ago. Yes, I, I think a, a lot of people don't realize that uh, uh, that the feud you had with Austin Idol is what you, caused you to get your hair dyed black. Yes, it was. Because yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah, was was that uh, something that you came up with yourself, or Bob Armstrong, was the Booker, asked you to do? Or I was always curious about that. It was it was it was my idea. Uh, it was something you know. Normally, and all the fans are listening. Normally, uh, there would always be back in those days, uh, hair versus hair match, where if someone going to get a haircut. Someone's going to leave the building with their head shaved. Even Vince did it with uh, 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 Donald Trump, hair versus hair match. Uh, it's a big deal. 
So I thought, let's do this different. I really, I had long blonde hair at the time, and I really wanted my hair to be a different color. I wanted my hair to be black. I wanted the sideburns. I had the sideburns. And some of the wrestling fans, as I've said before, had measured me and bought me a jumpsuit. And so I really needed an image change. And I was way ahead of my time with this punk rock thing because I had spray-colored red, white, blue, green, yellow, all different color hair. And uh, it was it was like bizarre. It was like people you see walking the streets. Of, well, nowadays it's, it's common, but some of the first punk rockers were came along from the United Kingdom like 30, 40 years ago. So anyway, I, I was on cutting edge with that, and I wanted to change, and I did with Austin Idol. He had blonde hair. I had blonde hair. I said, there's not enough room for two people with blonde hair. Someone is going to leave with a different hair color. And so that's how it happened, and I ended up losing, and I have ended up with black hair, and I've had black hair ever since. That's right. I, I remember that. I grew up watching Southeastern Wrestling, and I'm not going to tie up uh, the whole show because I could uh, talking about <laughs> you in Southeastern. But uh, just the last question I had, um, you were turned babyface um, after Boris Zirkoff had attacked you. You were Southeastern champion, and you only worked in Southeastern as a, as a good guy for about maybe three or four weeks, and then you, you had left. And I always wondered why you, you didn't stay in uh, – you know, and because and you got over really well. Um, I yes. Was, you know, I'd go to the uh, Pensacola Bayford Auditorium every Sunday night, and, you know, for those few weeks that you were there as a babyface, you know, you got good reaction, but you didn't stay. Yes, okay, I'll tell you why, and very few people know this. I don't think it's ever been highly publicized because – I'm glad you remember that part of my career because a lot of people don't remember, they do not remember, that I did have a whole career of about 10 or 12, 14 years uh, before I was in the WWE as a honky-tonk man. And what happened, and, and you're right, I that was the first time I was ever a good guy, a baby face, and I made the switch with Boris Zukov uh, uh, and and – Boris was the, the big Russian, and here I was now in the jumpsuit, the black hair, the red, white, and blue, uh, clean-cut young guy. And uh, I was in a severe car accident with a fellow named Ken Lucas. Myself and Ken Lucas and my soon-to-be wife, she was visiting me from Canada. We were coming from Fort Walton Beach, Florida, going back to Pensacola on a – Thursday night, I think we had Fort Walton Beach that night, or Wednesday night, we were going back, and someone came across the highway, and Ken tried to swerve off the side of the road bank, and this car clipped us right on our back bumper, <clears throat> excuse me, and when Ken cut the wheels in the sand, it's like you know the highways are down that way, when he cut the wheel to get back on the highway, the van flipped three and a half times. The doors flew open. We didn't fly out of the van, luckily. And Ken was finished pretty much in the business after that. I was injured, and my wife was injured. I had to give my notice to the Fullers that I couldn't work anymore. So the following Tuesday night, they had a tournament in Mobile for the uh, – uh, I was the Southeastern champion at the time – and they uh, that was it. That was the last time you saw me until I resurfaced. I went to back to Calgary, 
and because uh, I had no work, uh, my insurance company didn't want to pay for my medical bills. Uh, it was a big, big mess that went on for six or eight months, and I left the country. Uh, ended up back with Stu Hart, and then eventually ended up with uh, WWE. Sad that 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 happened. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm good friends with Ken. Uh, he never he never mentioned that that you were in the car with him, and I never asked him that. Uh, yeah, that was pretty much the <clears throat> the end uh, for for Ken's career too. And uh, I'm I'm glad that you know you were able to come back and and you know go big time. You know that was that's well, great. I, you know I, I'm glad you remember that. I'm glad you brought it up because the fans should be interested in this. And at that time, Ken had a. Uh, a nice van. The guys were having vans, and he his van had nothing on the inside of it. My wife was sitting on on the uh, cooler uh, that had our soda pops, and of course back then we had our beer. Uh, she was sitting on the cooler in the middle between the two seats. There was no, Ken was going to have the van fixed and have he was going to have the curtains in it, and the, you know he was actually going to instead of having a hotel room, he was going to stay in his van when he was on the road. So it was just a shell of a van, and here we were like like pieces of popcorn popping around as this van was flipping down the highway and it, i will never forget the sound of the first hit as we flipped i said and i saw the guy coming and i said ken watch this guy he's going to hit us and ken swerved and all of a sudden the loudest it was the loudest bang the windshield popped out and all i remember is i totally went blank and i, I felt like someone hit me across the face with a baseball bat and uh uh, Robert Fuller and uh, Jacques Rougeau was in front of us, and they saw it. They made a U-turn, came back, and called the ambulance, and uh, that's what happened. And when you see Ken, give him my regards. I love the guy, greatest guy in the world. I certainly will. Hey, you take care, uh, Honky Tonk Man. Thank you so much. All right. What a great question, champ. Um, if we uh, cut to a quick commercial break, and then we'll take some more callers live.
Welcome back to Shake, Rat and Roll fans. Uh, I had one of those, you know, those, those crazy live radio moments. A bird was trying to get into my uh, my studio through the window. I had to cut the commercial <laughs> and get rid of it. It was crazy. Uh, that was like uh, the day we were one of our sh- last shows. That it started pouring rain and the windows were down on my truck outside. If some of the fans remember that one, where I was yelling at the wife, "Go close again!" <laughs> Holy crap. Anyway, that's uh, I, I love that question. And I, I mentioned earlier Brad Armstrong, and, and I, I love the Armstrongs to death, and Bob's name came up in that last question. And Brad, of course, passed away in uh, circumstances we don't know. And uh, normally uh, after four, five, six weeks, you find out what happened. But this one has baffled me, and no one seems to know what really happened. And uh just a tremendous young man and if they want to keep it a secret that's fine with me I, I'm, I'm happy with it but uh so he i mean gosh i can't say enough about that kid he was so great absolutely um i have a strange story to kind of throw you away as well that, that i uh read today and i found it a bit bizarre uh this uh 77 year old guy uh was shot in the eye during a robbery of a liquor store in uh syracuse new york and he said he was more upset that The Rock defeats CM Punk for the WWE title than he was losing his vision. <laughs> well, you know, uh, thank goodness uh, for wrestling fans that are really, really good fans, and uh, they will give their life or their limb or their eye for <laughs> wrestling. An eye uh, for an eye. I, I would rather see... <laughs> Uh, can you see me now? No, I don't want to make jokes about it because it's not funny. I, that brings me to the gun violence. Steve, you must be reading my mind. Uh, this gun violence thing we have in America right now, and I'm not going to get political on everyone because they don't want to hear my political views or, or my religious views or anything of that nature because this is a wrestling show. and We do talk wrestling. We have Billy Corgan on from time to time. We had Ken Shamrock. We talked about MMA. Uh, you know, We try to have a variety of different guests from different uh, – you know, different viewpoints of everything. But three people were shot just today in Phoenix at a Phoenix office downtown. Three people. Uh, one seriously, I think one might be dead. A 15-year-old girl who was an honor student was shot in Chicago and killed last week or this week, early this week. She, she, she performed at the inauguration of our president. An honor student shot and killed. And then some idiot gets on a school bus in Alabama, shoots a bus driver, and now has some six-year-old little boy. He's kidnapped him and got him down in the ground in some kind of a bunker this moron has built. And as we went on air an hour or so ago, they still haven't dug this guy out to, or to do whatever they need to do with him. But This gun thing, uh, folks, uh, you people that live in Europe and live around the world – uh, if you're not in America, I can tell you, America is not the safest place in the world anymore, and this gun thing has to stop somewhere. I mean, somewhere. I, I, you know, Shawn Michaels, I, I saw reports today where uh, some people were taking issue with Shawn going out, hiding in the brush, you know, taking a shot at a, at a poor defenseless animal from, you know, a thousand yards away and killing it for, you know, obviously he doesn't need to eat, but... Uh, this this whole gun situation's got to go away. Yeah, they they need to have kind of some kind of control of of how people are able to. It's just crazy. I mean, we don't have anything. I mean, even the cops over here, you know, they're not allowed to use pepper spray or guns or anything like that. But then, you know, a lot of our crime levels are higher than they are in the states. So it, it's just a big debate. 
Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, it's human nature to be to not be uh, courteous to our fellow man and, and, and take advantage of a situation. And you know, our economy is not the best in the world over here on this side of the on this side of the world. Which uh, I was going to read some numbers. Uh, business, uh, I say, I say business is flat. I said I've had one of my best years last year I've ever had. This year is not shaping up at at the forefront as one of the best years I'm going to have. But the business is flat. Uh, the live gates are down for WWE. Their shop sales are down. Their net traffic is down 12% from last quarter. Now, I'm reading the, the stats. I'm not making this stuff up, folks. Their home video sales were up. They have the best quarter for home video sales in three years. What that tells me, fans, is that you're not going out to see the live events. You're not shopping on the shop as much. And you're getting the video sales or the DVDs to stay home and watch it. And to some people, with our economy the way it is, that is an indicator right there of what's going on. Yeah, I mean, people have to do the best things for themselves but the thing with WWE is they've branched out into so many mediums now like YouTube and Netflix that you know you don't even have to buy the physical copy you can just rent it on screen that's true they do a they have done a wonderful job of what I say TNA can't do and and that is they have reached out to uh you know WWE is a mega mega player in the entertainment business in the television business around the world and that's what i mean you never touch these people never uh, that that company can go on without anyone that's even with the last name macman or with the last name of anybody that company will continue yeah and you have all those kind of uh idiots that write the stuff on the stock markets that say you shouldn't invest in the stock and things like that but it's you know it's stood the test of time and it always will be there and i think you know they're just negative towards it in you know well, in absolutely yeah. the wrong sense yeah uh, i mean there is that question, uh, with the stroke of a pen, one man can change the history of WrestleMania if he wants to. And But there again, that's up to, the own, uh, to your personal opinion. If you want to invest in anything, I don't get involved in that. Uh, as far as investing, I don't know if you should invest in The Undertaker. I don't know. I, I mean, you know, with this day and age of TMZ, and people can find you picking your nose or picking at your uh, at whatever you pick at. Uh, there's been no pictures of the Undertaker in the last six eight months. I mean, it's like the guy disappeared, and nobody can say, "Gosh, there goes the Undertaker." Take a picture of him. Yeah, and the the whole thing with the the Undertaker streak and everything as well. I mean, he doesn't have to be there every year. Yeah, but I don't know how he just dropped off the planet and nobody's seen the guy. I mean, look at Hogan uh, and. Uh, before I get to Hogan, let's see. Let's go to the phone lines, and then I want to talk about Shield, Nexus, and I got a lot of stuff to get off. I got a lot of stuff. To talk about. <laughs> okay, uh, we go to three zero six four six one. You're on the line with HGM. Hey, Uncle Donk, how's it going, buddy? Hanging and banging, hanging and banging, brother. <laughs> Having a few drinks up here in Saskatchewan, the old Stampede territory, eh? Oh gosh, well I knew you were from Canada <laughs> since today. <laughs> Um, so uh, every year now, or for the last two years in Regina, they've actually had like a stampede revival at their fair five nights a week. I've seen some of those uh, fine Regina rats, if you, you know what I mean, right? Well, I, 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 
you guys just you had the Hart Legacy reunion. I didn't want to mention it, but you know, no one got paid. <laughs> oh, really? Yep, no one got paid as we speak tonight. Uh, no one has been paid. So now, it wasn't part of Bret Hart. It wasn't part of Bret's brothers or anything. It was someone else. And uh, but anyway, yeah, I've heard about the, the wrestling shows at the Stampede or something. And I've been contacted a few times to do some things there. But uh, you know, unless it's a different organization other than someone that says they're associated with Stu Hart or Stu Hart's organization, uh, Stu's not around anymore. And if Stu's not there, Honky Tonk Man's not going to be there. <laughs> That's too bad. That's too bad. I I, I just got a, a really kind of off the wall question. Well, first a normal question. I just, what do you think about Bob Leonard? And secondly, uh, have you ever been drinking at the Plains and uh, maybe meet up with Tiger Lady, take her back to the hotel? Uh, no, I never went back to the hotel with Tiger Lady. But uh, there's a lot of stories on her. There, there's a whole book could be written about Tiger Lady. But uh, uh, <laughs> Bob Leonard's a great Bob Leonard's a great guy. Bob was actually and gave me my uh, award at Cauliflower Alley two years ago. And I've always had a great rapport, great respect. Uh, Bob's one of the true gentlemen in this business. He's a great historian, knows everything about wrestling in Canada and around the world. Uh, a tremendous ring announcer. Uh, I think he does some work for WWE over in Saskatchewan and, and that area when they come and make their Western swing. And uh, that's good. I'm glad it, that, that he's able to still be around the business. Thank you very much. You take it easy. Thank you, A. Okay, and uh, I had an interesting moment there in the chat room. Apparently, when you mentioned The Undertaker, our on-air feed went dead. Oh, it did. But we're back. <laughs> How eerie. <laughs> Ooh. Anyway, I was mentioning The Undertaker and why there was, like, nobody can find it. I mean, they snap pictures of people all the time. They can't get a picture of this guy. They got a, I mean, look. Hogan does – he takes a picture of his daughter's legs, and it's like goes around the world as something of some – let me read this. Yahoo ask – Yahoo, this is one of these search sites, I suppose. Ask if Hulk Hogan is the world's creepiest dad. Oh, come on. It's, I mean, to take a picture of your daughter, take a – this is the most nonsense I've ever heard in my life. For this uh, – you know – I, I, the poor huckster. No wonder the guy. The guy can't do anything. He can't get. I mean, he go. I mean, I mean, the sex tape is one thing, but you know. Well, that wasn't I, his fault either, and it, it is complete. I mean, obviously, people have fun, and you can parody stuff because that's the nature of the business. But these people need to get a life, and you know, surprise Yahoo is still in business. I I I don't know. I mean, the sex tape thing. Uh, I, I was talking with uh, some some other people, and, and in our business, and, and I know the wrestling fans, some of them are not going to agree with me, especially you new fans. The older fans will agree. Any publicity in wrestling is good publicity. Uh, the sex tape has done more for Hogan than anything TNA could ever do. <laughs> Let me put it that way. And so, <laughs> Oh, it's absolutely true. Do you remember when um... – TMZ posted all of that bullshit about um, Warrior and that guy with the merchandise and all that kind of crap. And none of it was true, but we had the best t-shirt sales that month of the whole year. Uh, right, absolutely. I mean, I, I look at it that way myself. Any publicity, and, and sometimes you need publicity, even if it's bad, it's good. Uh, the, the only thing I, you know, the old huckster, he is a... Uh, 
He says he can get in the ring one more time, but I would think that he better pick his opponent, and it should be someone like me that's not going to try to pick him up and throw him around like a rag doll. <laughs> uh, but I, I wouldn't get in the ring with him. I'd be afraid. You know, he's, he is a lawyer. Other than Ric Flair, woo, woo. Uh, Hogan is a he's a lawyer's dream come true because he's suing. He wants to sue everybody. He's suing. He's suing the, the clinic that did his back surgery. He's suing. I mean, come on, Hook. He's suing his sex tape people. He's suing Gawker. He's suing. He was suing. Yeah, whatever happened to Bubba the Love Sponge anyway? Crawled back under his rock with any luck. He sure did. The fat man. He took off, huh? They need to. Uh, I mean, I mean, you know, with if 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 Hulk wants to file lawsuits, that's fair enough. But his his lawyer doesn't ever win them, so maybe he should find a new one. Yeah, let's forget all this nonsense. Uh, my friend Devin Nicholson, I want to mention him real quick. He did a documentary on himself, and he did a little bit of a documentary type stuff with me that will be coming out. Uh, I think he told me his Rick Steiner and his Sleeping Lanny Poffos are coming out before mine. Mine will be out next year. He also did the one with Superstar Ground. Uh, he's a young fella from Canada who is uh, talking about lawsuits, has the one against uh, uh, Abdullah the Butcher. Butcher, I'm sorry. Uh, he is, uh, as as we speak, in remission from hepatitis C. Uh, he's been taking this experimental therapy, uh, this treatment, and it's working out well for him. So, Devin, uh, uh, keep up the good work, man. Absolutely. And, you know, people can say what they want about people, but it isn't, you know, he, he gives a lot of people plenty of work, and it isn't uh, nice to hear of anyone suffering from anything like that. Yeah, he's always promoted good shows. You never had to chase him down for money, and you never had to wor- worry about false advertising. Uh, you mentioned false ads. I've I've been falsely advertised for a show in Hibbing, Minnesota, this coming Saturday night. I will not be there. The promo- Did the, the promoter talk to me? Yes, he did. He asked me, was the date available? I said, yes. Uh, call me about it. Contact me. He never did. He continued to put posters out, advertise me. I will not be there for anyone in northern Minnesota for Hibbing uh, this coming Saturday night. And, you know, I was working with a guy out of New Jersey, and he had me some stuff in March in New York, and uh, I called him. He says, oh, that New York stuff got canceled. Why? He said, well, the promoter had some family problems, so he had to cancel. Oh, the promoter had family problems. He canceled. So what about my family now? I've blocked these dates. I don't have any dates now. What about my family? If I cancel, and then I was watching these segments, it says, Dad, you don't work. You wrestle. And, and uh, it's, it's a neat little series going on on YouTube with my friend out of South Carolina, George South. And one of the segments last week was, and I was talking to my wife and kids about it, about when I cancel a promoter, if I call him up and say, like I did with James and cancel James for the WrestleCon coming up at WrestleMania, uh, James, I've, I've got this deal at Steel City Comic Con in, in Pittsburgh. I'm going to go there. It's a better deal for me. I will do better. It was like out of all the 50 guys that James has booked, I have just killed the whole WrestleCon convention. James, well, you've, you've got five months to replace me. <laughs> you know, it's like, he said, well, what am I going to do? What am I going to tell the fans that bought the ticket? I said, well, James, what are you going to tell the fans if Vince calls up and he takes all 50 of your talent and wants them over at WrestleMania that day? 
And that's the thing as well. When when uh, you know a lot of these promoters advertise you when you're not there, um, they tell the people you didn't show up, and then we get emails and phone calls, and then my whole day is taken up. And the people don't realize that you know it is a business. And uh, it's- absolutely, it's like uh, you and I were talking, uh, and we I'll, I'll give the I'll give the warrior plug uh, because you do business with Warrior now. And you're taking care of, of of most all of his things for him, and. Uh, the thing that happened up in Massachusetts or Maine or somewhere, and the, the guy came and picked him up late. He showed up late to pick him up. He got tied up in traffic. Now he's late getting to the event. So now the wrestling fans and the promoter thinks the guy is not being cooperative. That has nothing to do with being cooperative. It's out of our control what happens. Absolutely, and the you know the. Uh, just so many things can go wrong with that. Like uh, we, we had another situation where um, Warrior's flight was cancelled, and uh, he had to, t- he you know obviously wanted to make the show, so we got the flight to the next available um, airport. And then the uh, promoter said, "Well, that's not my responsibility to uh, pick him up." And I said, "Well, if you don't pick him up, I'm going to put him in a car and send him straight back home." And and they just don't understand. I mean, like Vince would never do that. Wherever you are, you have to have a car waiting for you. It's 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 one of those things where. And it's like I said, I was watching this these video series, uh, Dad, You Don't Work, You Wrestle, and George South was saying a promoter canceled on him, but if he cancels a promoter, you have just you have now destroyed my business. You have killed me. And I love James to death, and he's booked me on things, but I gave him plenty of time. But don't tell me, you know, gosh, what am I going to tell the people? Well, you tell the people he's not coming. That's all. Well, at least, you know, uh, if you're not there, I can get in, into mischief and get thrown out by Jake Roberts again. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. So anyway, do we have a caller? We got a few more minutes before we hit the sack. Uh, yeah, we go to the phone line seven six three two five zero. You're on the air with HGM. Hey, Hockey, how you doing, buddy? Hanging and banging, brother. I mean, you guys are sitting there. You're listening to me say this all the time. Anyway, <laughs> come on, give me a question, I, man. I, uh, well, being that I uh, uh, am a booker myself, I can kind of confer with your little bit on false advertising, but I can tell the fans out there that uh, you're actually one of the greatest, nicest gentlemen to ever work with, and it's always been a pleasure to have you around. And what are the little things that are important to you when you work the independent scene, if I may ask? Uh, okay, that's yeah, that's a good question, and uh, you know we have to go through this series of jumping through hoops and all these things sometimes with some independent some independent guys are wonderful and you know they've been in the business they've been around the business and they they promote other things and i think uh when you find a, an independent promoter or a booker that's been in the business or or he's been in around the entertainment business in any form it's a whole different ball game than someone who just shows up on the scene and says you know uh daddy daddy give me some money i want to buy some restaurants and have a big wrestling show and then it turns into nonsense. It flops. And but my my only thing is, you know, I wish the the independents would make sure their equipment, as far as their their ring, their wrestling ring, maybe go to the Home Depot or Lowe's or one of those places, invest in a, a can of paint to paint your ring to make it look nice. Uh, that's a pet peeve. But uh, you know, have some ropes that look halfway decent. Please don't have me get up in a folding chair to try to climb up into the ring. Well, the young boys, sure, they don't mind running out and jumping up in there, but I'd rather walk out, go to the the, the, – get get two boards, make a set of steps, 
and then we walk up into the ring where we don't fall and trip and but anyway, those, those things like that, uh, I know what locker room facilities sometimes aren't the best in the world. It is what it is. I've dressed in uh, dirt floors. I've been in buildings that are terrible. And that doesn't bother me. It's it's those little things. Or someone says, yes, I've been wrestling for 15 years. And you say, how many matches have you had? I've had three. <laughs> well, being yeah. that I've worked with you before, it's always been an absolute pleasure. Well, thank you. You're one of the few that would say that. Most of the time they say, well, that honky-tonk man, you know, these guys, we book these legends. And, well, you know, we're not going to let guys pick us up and throw us around like rag dolls because we don't know half of the guys. We don't know who trained them. Uh, it's not like years ago where uh, WWE had, what you know, their TV guys that would come in. We knew all those guys. We knew them from years gone by. You know, and we would go out and have matches with them and have fun. I, You know, there's nothing more than – I love this business, and I love going out and doing what I do, and I love to be able to do it and have fun doing it. I don't want to have to go out there and worry about anything. By the way, uh, Hockey, if you didn't recognize the voice, this is Wills talking to you, man. You're an awesome guy. Can't wait to see you again real soon, my friend. Well, I appreciate that. Thanks for calling in, Wills, and uh, remember that we did uh, – Barry, the guy named Tom Burdick in uh, Hibbing, uh, Minnesota. And if you get up there tomorrow night, uh, yeah, uh, whatever money you get, we'll split. <laughs> hey, buddy, anything for you, my friend. Uh, it's a pleasure okay. working with you. Take care, my friend. I love Thanks, sir. Thanks for calling in. Okay, uh, if we go straight back to the phone line, um, 201-261. You're on the line with HGM. Hey, Honky Talk, man, how are you doing? This is um, Todd Hamilton, the Wrestle Vessel. I talked to you um, maybe a year ago or months back. Um, how long has your show been back? I didn't know it, realized that until my friend just linked me today. How did what now? How, how long has your show been back? Is today the first day, or are you guys gone for a while? Because oh, yes. I didn't know you no, guys were no, still on. Yes, we've been, we've been gone, and we won't know how the show is going. I mean, so far it's going great. We won't know till we get the numbers, and when we get the numbers, that's all we care about. We want to care that the fans had fun, the fans of, uh, you know, there's going to be Internet reports tomorrow that's going to say we said this or we said that. I did a I did an interview. I thought I did a very good little review. I mean, it was a good interview. It wasn't one of those shoot things the other day for one of the websites and uh, one of the uh, Internet radio shows and talked about a few things and the next thing you know i'm getting all this negative publicity i mean i can't i'm not jim ross i'm not the spin doctor and and i'm not going to say everything is, is is covered in sugar when it's not uh but i mean you know I, i'm sure there's people going to say something today about or tomorrow about what we said today yeah, I wanted to address a couple of things that you brought up on uh, today's show. One about the um, the economy and um, people aren't going to a lot of shows anymore. Well, yeah, I know that's very true. Like uh, most people are just buying like the classic DVDs, but like from my own experience, like I don't even like the current product much. Like WrestleMania is actually in my area. I live in New Jersey, and I don't even think I'm going to go. Like I'll probably try to go to like to the Access or that Fan Fest thing that you mentioned that you uh, had to cancel on. But, like, um, I just don't get into these current wrestlers. Like, they lack gimmicks. There's not good tag teams. I miss, like, the old storylines. And it's really hard to relate to um, today's current product. That that has been the, the biggest thing that we have heard since we've done the show. And when I go out and I do my independent shows or I do my comic cons, it's it's always the same as what you're saying now. And, uh, for you know, we can't knock success. Obviously, they're going to have... 75, 80, 100,000 people up there in New Jersey for this big uh, WrestleMania weekend. They're doing something right. They're obviously doing something right that 
you know, it's not what we were used to by any means, but uh, it's a different product. It's run, it's being done a different way. And uh, obviously, you know, you're thinking back to what you remember, but these young kids out there that's 8, 9, 10, 12 years old, they don't know anything else. That's all they've ever seen. Yeah, that's very true what you were saying, but, like, um, I know because they're used to that. And I grew up as a kid. I saw, you know, like the 80s and 90s wrestling and the early 2000s. That was some classic stuff for me. And I know you also mentioned earlier about Brad Armstrong, what a great talent he was. I know you wrestled him a couple times uh, when you had your WCW run in 94. Um, one guy I was good friends with, uh, oh, I don't gosh. know him or not. See, guy, a guy named Scott Goldstein was a photographer for the wrestling business. Oh, you yeah, ever heard of him? I, I, I remember Scott Goldstein, of course. And yeah, so he, you don't, he, you He's don't, a good friend of mine. You're not going back in history now. I wrestled Brad Armstrong one of his first matches he ever had when he was down in Southeastern. I wrestled Brad uh, when I was in the Georgia Territory when him and his father were tag team partners. Brad was just a young kid. Myself and Kevin Sullivan, we had matches with them. I had singles matches with Brad. I've had probably – I had 100 matches with him. Yeah, I could tell because you looked like when you had your couple of matches in WCW, like it looked like you guys were familiar with each other, good chemistry together. So that's why I was oh, asking about he, that. I, you so. know, I've always said this. There, there's been three guys that I can myself that I put out there as some of the best chemistry in the world: uh, Brad Armstrong, Barry Windham, uh, Ricky Martin. These guys, they were. I mean, and and obviously, I would love to have a match with The Rock, not because he's The Rock now. I would have liked to have had a match with him when he was just starting because I can tell he has that same he has that it, it's it's that factor it's that Jim Ross calls it sometimes the it factor these some of these guys they have it uh they it, it's automatic it's i mean they're running on automatic you don't have to say anything you don't you all you got to do is let it flow like wine <laughs> I also was wondering, um, back in 1991, when you left, like right before the Royal Rumble, were you supposed to have a feud with Greg Valentine, or like why did you leave? What happened there? Uh, no, I was. Uh, yes, was it Greg Valentine? Because you guys Maybe just so. broke up as Rhythm I mean, and Blues, and you. Right, and then they sent me over to do TV, and then that thing got all really messed up. The plane tickets weren't coming. Uh, uh, I didn't know if I was going to go do Madison Square Garden TV, or was I going to be picked up to be taken up to Stanford to do the TV there. Uh, it was a big, big mess. And then I guess they told, uh, I guess they told Valentine. They said you're coming back to work, Valentine. They could say let him go. Uh, you're coming back to work, and we're going to split, and you and Honky are going to have this match. But no one told me. I didn't know anything about it. So I, I had my lawyer send him a notice, and my lawyer, it was during the Christmas holidays, my lawyer sent a notice to the guy that was taking care of the contracts in WWE, and the guy was on two weeks vacation, so no one knew I'd given my notice and quit. <laughs> well, that's crazy. I can't believe they didn't give you any information. Yeah, it's not like a, it's like, you know. Vince calls me and says, where are you? And I said, I'm home in Memphis. Why? He said, you're supposed to be at the Garden. I said, since when? He said, <laughs> you're booked at the Garden tonight. I said, well, I won't be there. Uh, did you get my notice? What notice? My lawyer sent the notice in. He click, he hung up. <laughs> but the, my lawyer sent the notice. Not, he didn't send it to Vince. He sent it to the guy that was doing the contracts and the guy that was going on vacation. So he never got he, They never saw it. Well, that's very unprofessional. I can't believe uh, they crossed the whole well, red tape I mean, and everything. 
you know, I, I mean, if it, if it had been me, I would have called up and said, look, Vince, I'm giving my notice. I'm not coming to the garden. I'm, I'm done. If this is the way you're going to treat me. And we probably could have worked it all out. Or he would have said, look, man, I got this deal with you and Valentine. Don't take off. Don't be stupid. But that's what happened. Wow, unbelievable. Well, um, thanks for having you. me on the show, both Honky and Steve. Okay, um, Honky, also, one more thing. I also, just to be on the lookout, I mailed you um, a letter and for something in the mail, a photograph. So um, just be on the lookout for that. I mailed that a week ago. Okay, good. I hope you sent money. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I, you I know, know what I about. I, I get all these little baseball, these trading cards. They come up every day. I get like six or eight of them in the mail of different people. Oh, you're my, you're, you're my great, you're the greatest. Uh, I, I've always loved you. I loved you. Blah 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 blah. You sign the card, <laughs> and it's on eBay the next day. It's like okay, <laughs> all right. So come on. So I started sending everything back, and I said, uh, send money. I don't care the heck with it. I'm like Terry, I'm like Terry Funk. Terry Funk said, Terry Funk's going to retire, fans. Terry said, I will do one more match. I'll do one more match. I'll tell you what. And the only way oh, I'm going to do, do this match, if somebody says, I'll offer, I'll offer you a million dollars. It's a million dollars per ticket. It's a million dollars. He says, if only one person shows up, I'll have the match and I'll make a million. <laughs> that's a great impression. Uh, but anyway, that's what Terry said. He said, I'll do one more match, but it's got to be a million dollars a ticket. So he said, well, all i got to do is sell one ticket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Steve? Sorry, I was on the. You know what I was saying about the mute button? I, I did the dang thing all over again. Oh, dude, did I? Uh, I want to take a quick break. We will get back to the phone lines, and then I want to talk about the sunny situation, and we'll wrap up uh, because I know the fans are getting tired. It's their dinner hour. Uh, uh, do you have that? Do you have the Jim Ross thing? The I do the uh, latest internet rap superstar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jim Ross as a rapper. Time has arrived. We are broadcasting raw live from my ass. Boom, boom. I'd rather watch two old women slap my ass. <laughs> Woo. That's as tough as a chunk of my ass. Here comes the biggest ass. The big man is back. Jim Raw, 350 pounds. Say hello to my ass. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the greatest spectacle on earth. My ass. Thirty men will enter. My ass. You know what I mean. The most important thing to a tag team is my ass. I totally agree with you, Jr. Here you go, King. Kiss my ass. I wish you would jump on top of me, Jr. It disgusts me to see my ass. My daughter's nursery rhymes are more aggressive than this. I can't help but look at the butt, JR. What? This is making me sick. Is it over? No, not yet. Referee Earl Hebner is always in my ass. That's a little weird. Transmission. He's got a first-class ticket to my ass. Welcome back back to Shake, Rattle, and Roll with Steve Wilton and the Honky Tonk Man. Call us live on 805-727-7113. 805-727-7113. Welcome back to Rat and Roll Fans. (laughs) 
Oh, Steve, you never cease to amaze me where you come up with these things. And uh, Jim, you know, I, I, Jim wished me happy birthday and said you can't put a spin on that. We talked about it earlier, and and I, I had sent Jim a, a tweet, uh, tweeted him the other day on it. Well, I, I think it was an open tweet, but I, I love poking fun at Jim simply because he's one of the few guys in the business that he'll roll with the punches. He takes it in stride, and he does it. You know, I mean, he doesn't say anything. It's not. He doesn't hold a grudge about it. He understands, and and uh, you know, he he's a great guy. In fact, uh, he had a a tweet today that uh, I guess he was one of the airline people. He told him his bag was too big and he couldn't get it on a plane. Well, as much as he's traveled, it kind of upset him. He said, you know, as much as I travel, I I know, and same as me, I know that my bag will fit on a plane. I'm not talking about my wife. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, well, any, any, anyway, I, I, I tweeted him back. I said, Jim, with your bankroll, meaning all the money he's made and making now, uh, Jim, as 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 your uh, friend and and God bless him, he's not with us anymore. Ernie Ladd would say, Jim Ross, you're stealing money. You're stealing money. I mean, you're not working for it. You're stealing it. But uh, Jim, I said, I tweeted, Jim, with your bankroll, why didn't you just get a private plane? Well, I absolutely loved loved Jim Ross. He's he's right up there with the broadcasters with um, Bobby the Brain Heenan, but that was too good to, to miss. Uh, yeah, he's he's not a great rapper at all. <laughs> yeah, he shouldn't give up the day job. Yeah. Uh, before we do, I want to I want to close out tonight on uh, not the happiest note, but on on Sonny and talk about Sonny, the the number one diva, Hall of Famer, and everything. But before we do, quickly, let's get grab some more uh, fans. Uh, we got about 10 or 15 more minutes, and then we'll be out of here. Okay, we go back to the phone line, uh, 412-678. You're live with HGM. Hey, this is a surprise caller for Honky. This is the original Yes No Man. You know who oh, this is from Pittsburgh? Gosh. This is Lord Zoltan. That's it. Lord Zoltan. I have told this story, but let me have a chance now. I've got to tell this story since you're here. And, and everywhere I go, I tell this story. When you hear Daniel Bryan, what is he Daniel Bryan or Bryan Daniel? Either one. It's the same. When he goes out and goes, yes, and the people go, yes, yes, yes. I said, I told the fans, I said, there's a guy named Lord Zoltan out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I said, for 30 years, Lord Zoltan has been going, yes, yes. You want me to break his arm? Yes, and the fans go, and the fans go no, and he goes yes, and the fans go no. The other night, a few nights ago, a week or so ago, I was watching, and this young fella comes out on Raw again, and now instead of the yes, the fans were going yes. He turned to the people and went no, and the fans went yes, and he went no. So I had to call up my friend here, Lord Zoltan, and I said, Lord, you're never gonna. Believe, you're not going to believe this. I know you love it when they're saying yes, yes, but now they're going no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> we, Lord Zoltan and I have wrestled each other about 50 times, and in the match, and I take these young kids now, and I go out on the Independence Lord, and I try to tell them, I said, listen, take my arm and say, you want me to break it? And when the fans say no, I want you to yell yes, but they don't, they, they won't understand it. Oh, so this that's kid so simple. Now, this kid has taken your stuff, and, and I would hope someday that he would send you and your family a, a, a nice little 
complimentary tickets over to Pittsburgh or one of the pay-per-view. <laughs> so that you can sit there and, and maybe take him in the back and show him how it's really done. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Hey, one I'm thing I wanted to say I'm, I'm, you, you've, you've never missed a booking any time we've had you out this way. So I, I said these people that are false advertising or said they had any problems with you, I've never had any problems any time we booked you. And even the one time you were booked out here for two nights and the promoter canceled the one night on you, I remember you still came in, and I told you you should have charged that promoter, but you didn't, and you only charged him for the one night. But then you came in and got your barbecue sauce or that special sauce that's it. You I like had to come and get my yes. I had to come over there. And get my, <laughs> yep, my Cincinnati chili, my Skyline chili, and I, my wife tells me don't bring any more. I said I'm going to Pittsburgh in April. She said don't bring back any more. <laughs> <laughs> hey, are you going to be at Cauliflower Alley Club this year? You you know I don't know. I, I'm going to decide after I finish with the Steel City Comic Con, which is over in your backyard. I look forward to seeing I'm, you I'm there. I'm getting an award this year. I'm getting a humanitarian yeah. award. I saw that, and I wanted to make make mention of that to you. And congratulations, because it would it, it's very deserving to you. And hopefully, this young fella will maybe send you a video portion that they can play at Cauliflower, where he where he can say thank you for saying yes, no, yes, no. <laughs> but yeah, what, what that's a, that's a great it, award, and I'm glad. Yeah, hey, you're well deserved after what you. 35, 40, 45 years? Nah, come on. Yeah, yeah, trying to help out over at the deaf school here in Pittsburgh. Yeah, You've you appeared know, there uh, before. Yes, go ahead and make that plug, Kenny, but, but since you're on here, because it is a, a great, great thing that uh, that you do every year for the school, and it's a, a fabulous fundraiser, and uh, I send you the wrestling mask, and you sell them for the Yeah, for we, we appreciate it. You've, you've helped us every year with that Mexican mask you've sent in it. Helped the school out a lot over to Western Pennsylvania School for the Deaf. And we appreciate everything you've done for us over here. Yes, the Western Pennsylvania School for the Deaf. Uh, if anyone uh, contact the school, if you want to send something, send some donations over, send some anything they need that you can help them with. It's uh, the kids and the, the students over there, the faculty, they do such a great job. And you do too, Kenny, helping them out. Oh, I appreciate it. What about Bruno? You think he's going into Vince's Hall of Fame? Well, I was going to ask you that, and I'm glad that we have you on to talk about it because what? I'd, met, I'd mentioned earlier that if Bruno, I mean, it's all negotiable, and I hope he doesn't, you know, knuckle under for the, the dollar figure and just say, you know, let's make it a real Hall of Fame or I'm not going to do it. And I've heard stories that the only way he's going to go is if he doesn't have to see Vince McMahon. And uh, I, come on. I, I, yeah, I, and he, when he accepted up there in Amsterdam, New York, at the real Hall of Fame, he said that was the actual brick-and-mortar building. He said that was the reason why he didn't want to go into Vince's. And then he said also the, all the other Hall of Fames of sports, he said none of them have any wrestlers in their Hall of Fames, but Vince has actors and celebrities in his. He said, how come the Baseball Hall of Fame doesn't have any wrestlers or the Football Hall of Fame? And he sort of <laughs> yeah. knocked it pretty good. So it's going to be funny to see if you know what his decision is going to be. But I, I heard he's gotten the attorneys sent him like a 30-page contract. So I don't know what, what the contract's all about, but I don't know, you know what his final decision is going to be. I'm hoping he holds I, I, that. Yeah, I, I do too. I mean, uh, I, 
I had this thing with Bob Euchre, you know, Bob Euchre, the baseball announcer. Yeah, yeah. Bob always said, uh, well, you know, I would say to Bob, when, are you going in the Hall of Fame uh, for for the wrestling? And he says, nope, not till you do. I said, okay, Bob, I'm not going till you go. Well, in Phoenix, they they had got Bob to go, uh, which they made the financial offer so good he couldn't turn it down. So, But that's a... That's we talked about it earlier. I don't know if you heard it. It's the financial discrepancy. You know, if they say, okay, yeah, Lord Zoltan, yeah. they say that we want to put Lord Zoltan in because we have WrestleMania in Pittsburgh. He'll drive across town like they wanted me to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, we'll give him a little payday and get his, his let his wife and kids have a front row seat. Okay, that's well and good. But, uh, you know, and then we mentioned Mike Tyson. What does he get? 35 grand. Stallone, you know, I don't know, 100 grand. Uh, come on, let's let's don't let's not play let's not play around with a dollar figure, and I think it would be a much better Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, for sure. And you're going to be up here in Pittsburgh in April for the Comic Con. Yes, I will be at Steel City Comic Con, not at the Wrestle Convention. So uh, I look forward to seeing you. Oh, and we got to work yeah, on this other thing. This this other after hours thing on the Sunday night. Yeah, yeah, we'll get together on that. I'll get with you. Okay. So have a safe well, trip and. Great hearing your show here. Keep up the good work. Yes. All righty. No. Come on. (laughs) Do it it, it for us. Yes. No. No. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Hey, great show there. Thank you. (laughs) That was a great call. I absolutely love it when um, you guys get together. This fellow is the originator of the yes, no, yes, that this – what is he, Brian Daniels or Daniel Bryan? What, what are they calling him now? Well, I think I think his his real name is Brian Daniels, but his his ring name is Daniel Bryan because obviously WWE will trademark anyone they have no, on the I, roster. I, I I call him Brian Daniels. Anyway, he's doing a fabulous job, and he's a great talent, and he's well deserved. He's worked hard in Ring of Honor and on the independent circuit, like like a lot of us have done, and a lot of young kids have to do to try to break into business. And he's taken this. I did, I really I really hope that he will step forward someday and say, you know, I didn't invent this. I didn't create this. Yes, yes, no, no. It was I took it from somebody else. I didn't create the greatest of all time. I took it from Muhammad Ali. I mean, come on. <laughs> Well, it's exactly the same with with Ric Flair too. He wasn't the first Nature Boy. No, no. he's not. Hey, what's that, Flair? <laughs> <laughs> okay, do we have another interesting person? Because I'm going to tidy up with the. Sun. I'm going to finish with Sunny. Okay, uh, if we go to six zero six five seven one, you're on the air with HDM. Hey, thanks for having me. Okay. Uh, First of all, I got to tell you, I've, I've had several debates over the past several months with a guy I teach school with uh, over who's the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. And who came out to be? Oh well, we've lost him, so I guess. Oh gosh, I, I guess we'll never know. What? <laughs> <laughs> Steve, that's Steve playing around again because, see, he knows that the Ultimate Warrior, he knows that the Ultimate Warrior probably said, Steve, any time he mentioned who's the greatest intercontinental champion. <laughs> No, maybe it's not. I'm not going to pass it off to Warrior because he wouldn't care. He don't care. But, uh, I mean, probably <laughs> Bret Hart or, or even Valentine sometimes when I'm doing a comic con here, uh, people say, hey, you're the, he's the greatest intercontinental. Hey, what about me? I was intercontinental champion. 
<laughs> no, that's that's one of the things actually. When when the fans come up to Warren, they always say, you know, I loved it when you beat Triple H, where you did this, and and he's like, you know, whoever you like is is who's number one, and don't forget that. And you you don't need to kiss up to people, and you like who you like. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm just glad the fans, you know, they have the opportunities of a hundred guys out there, two hundred guys, and they can pick and choose who they like and who they don't like. Absolutely. Anyway, the sunny situation. Uh, I mean, this is something like came out of, out of Pulp Fiction. It just keeps going on, doesn't it? It, it never stops. And, uh, you know, I don't know what the situation is with her. I know uh, that I heard through the grapevine that she was had got – she had to be transferred from one facility in Pennsylvania to another facility because there was something going on. And her last few weeks of her therapy there, her, her uh, rehab treatment. Then she comes back and she's got this restraining order and she's not supposed to be going over to this young fellow's house. And he was supposedly now, they were engaged to be married and she thought she had a right to go there. But then I guess they had an argument and she, she says he broke her ribs, beat her up. The police came. They took her away. He says he didn't do anything to her, but she's in jail. Hundred thousand dollar bond. Ouch. And a hundred thousand is like man. But that's you know the judges in our country they don't put up with disobeying the judge order. And she was ordered not to go around this fellow, or, or at least go to his house. And and then the, I don't know whether there was drinking or what was involved but the situation got really nasty and i don't know i i wish the best for her because she definitely needs some you know some kind of a help for some people to take her and get treatment that she can you know understand and do something good with her because she is a she's a wonderful talent she's always been fabulous to me and and it's sad sad to see uh such a downhill swing Absolutely, and I, and I thought with the, the Hall of Fame induction and how, how great she looked and how, how happy she was, I thought things would be on the up for her. It's, it's really sad to see, and uh, you know, I can't imagine she's got many hundred grand lying around to you know, keep getting involved in that kind of situation. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a sad thing, and it's too bad, but uh, back again to what Kevin Nash said about uh, uh, Scott Hall. And uh, and I've mentioned this to Kevin back in December when I saw him. I said, you know, one of the best things I ever heard you say uh, was about Scott Hall, and it was only Scott can help Scott, and that's how it's going to be. And, uh, you know, for all these wrestlers who are downing out and they've uh, done bad things in their life and have not been able to adjust to living out here in the real world, uh, only they can help themselves. Uh, yoga's not going to do it. Uh, uh, driving down the highway and doing whatever you do is not going to, you have to make a mental and a physical decision to do what you think is right for yourself. Absolutely. And you have, you know, these, these guys we're talking about that go to the internet and say like, help me, help me, you know, but these are people that made a lot of money, you know, they had a good opportunity and then the fans turn around and blame Vince. I mean, what's he to blame for really? I mean, you know, they they had a job, they got paid and they don't take care of themselves and they need to take responsibility. I, I posted something on a Facebook not so long ago. I said, uh, it was my bed. I made it. I made those decisions. 
I live by them, and I will have to live by them, and there's nothing I can do to change them other than make Okay, 90 seconds. Make better decisions. We got 90 seconds, Steve. Thanks, fans. I love you all. We'll be back again. When? I don't know, but we'll let you know. Thank you so much. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.